0: Hi. Hi everybody. This is Cheryl Richardson and welcome to my weekly Facebook Live. I'm here to offer you some self-care coaching on all kinds of topics whether it's career related, health, relationships, home, you name it. Whatever, you know, whatever whatever is going on in your life that you feel like you could use some support with, I'm here to provide you with whatever support I can. Hopefully my words will help heal you or the situation in some way. That's the goal. Um, And so before before I get to your questions and your coaching, um, I want to talk a little bit about a few things, like I often do. Um, Let me say hi to a few people. Hi, Diane. Welcome to you. And Kristen. Hi, Lisa. Glad you're here. And Angela, welcome. Happy Wednesday to you, too. And Vivian. And um, Diane and, let's see, Teresa, welcome to you, sweetheart. And Kit and Sabrina and Sheila. Hi, Sheila, welcome to you. And James, it's good to see you here. Yes, James and Kathy and Scott from Texas. Glad you're here, Scott. Thank you. And Adrian. um, Oh, and I'm sorry, you're missing your mom, Adrian. Yes, it's so hard to lose people we love. Carmen from Colorado, thank you. I love you too. And Ornelia and Brenda and Geraldine and Philip, thank you for being here. And Lori and Sandra and um, Joel. Hi, Joel. Glad to have you back. Um, And Ryan, welcome, Ryan, from London. I hope to get over there soon in the next couple of months. Um, It's good to see you here as well. Um, uh, So this week, so there's a couple things I wanted to just say before we get started. Uh, First of all, if there's a question that you have for me you want to type it out now. You'll be able to put it in the comments section. You want to make sure you copy it because you might need to post it a few times because Facebook scrolls through your comments so quickly and it doesn't let me go back for some reason. Hopefully that'll get fixed at some point. And um, so that's one thing. So get your questions ready. Secondly, the Self-Care by the Sea Retreat, the next one is out and open for registration in April. It's April 12th through the 14th. And um, it's a wonderful kind of immersive experience. If, you feel, if you're feeling stuck or like you're in your own way or like you're ready, like you just need some kind of a, um, an intervention, let's say a spiritual and self-care intervention then the retreat might be for you. It's where I work with people individually. I do coaching with people, you know, with students in the room. And, um, you know, we we talk about life issues, but we also talk about what's going on in your life and what you feel you need support with. And what we often find out is that everybody in the room can relate in some fashion. And the coaching that I might give to one person actually applies to everybody. And we also have a lot of fun and we do some very interesting exercises and it's a very sort of hands-on, intimate, roll up your sleeves and really take a take a, I don't want to say a long, hard look at your life, that sounds like homework, but um, take a deeper look into, uh, take a deeper, get a, gain a deeper perspective into both yourself, your life, where you are right now and maybe where you want to go. So I'll post the uh, link to the registration on here after we finish, as well as any other resources we talk about. I always do that. So um, this week I received a question from uh, one of my online members of my online family. I like to think of you all as family. And um, I wanted to answer The question because it's something that we all come up against at one point or another in our lives, and I thought it might be helpful to address it uh, so that you have the resources as well. You have my thinking on, I'm calling it self care in a crisis. And uh, this email came in from Jill, and it says, Well, as luck would have it, my position was eliminated along with several other staff recently. I wonder if Cheryl would consider offering some thoughts on self talk. And calm and faith during a challenging time, I'd be most grateful. Um, Well, Jill, this is for you, sweetheart. And um, I'm sorry that you've had this sort of like a wake up call. That's what it is, right? Whether we have the diagnosis of an illness, whether we get laid off or lose a job, or suddenly, I don't know, our spouse comes home and says, I don't want to be married to you anymore, or we lose a loved one, we lose a loved, beloved pet. You know, life is filled with unexpected situations, right? We all have had them and we all will continue to have them. And um, the first thing I wanted to say to you, Jill, is uh, you were really wise in the very first sentence of your email when you said, Well, as luck, in quotes, would have it, my position was eliminated. As difficult as it can be when we're first hit with a crisis or hit with a challenging situation, It's an interesting time to also kind of install a belief somewhere that life is working in your favor and that there may be an opportunity to use this situation to support your own evolution. There is always an opportunity for that. But that this could be a lucky break for you, Jill. I'll speak to just you specifically. Um, maybe it is a lucky break. I don't know how long you've been at your job. I don't know how well you liked your job. Um, a lot of times people who have been at jobs for a long time and are just going through the motions or um, are bored or don't feel creatively challenged or feel like the job sucks the life out of them, uh, you know, get hit with a layoff or a downsizing, feel blindsided, are really frightened and, and you know overwhelmed. And a year later will say to me, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. So I just think it's, I think that it's important to somewhere inside hold the belief that this could be a real benefit to me. And at the same time, recognize that how we approach any crisis is a learning opportunity. And when we approach a a change like a job loss, for example, through the lens of, I am going to take this on fully and completely and use this to my advantage, then you set yourself in the right direction. You know, you're headed in the right direction. So it was interesting, Jill um, and everybody here, I've been doing some editing to The Art of Extreme Self-Care. Hay House has asked to republish The Art of Extreme Self-Care to give it a new look and um, new resources, freshen up the resources and the text. And so I just finished going through the edits last night. And the very last chapter of that book, first of all, can I just say, this happens to me all the time. As I was reading through the book, I felt like every time I worked on a chapter, it was something I needed to hear. And I thought, how funny is that? That, you know, my own writing, very often, you know, how many times have we heard, you know, I need to take my own advice, right? Well, I would read through a chapter and I'd think, oh gosh, I completely forgot I wrote that, and I need to remember that. Last night I finished the edits and um, the last chapter of the book, Jill, is called Your Extreme Self-Care First Aid Kit. And this chapter is all about what to have in place before you have a crisis in your life or before you're faced with some kind of a real uh, difficult situation. And so a lot of times we don't even think about this till we're already faced with a difficult situation. And then we can use that to create this first aid kit so that you can, you can use it in the future. So I wanted to review some of the suggestions that I make, some of the questions you want to ask yourself, both for Jill and anybody else here who wants to be prepared for a crisis or a difficult situation or um, you know some kind of life challenge, wants to be prepared or if you're going through something like that right now then you want to maybe pay attention to some of this advice as a matter of fact um i had a call with a a dear friend earlier today who's just received a very difficult diagnosis and she's really scared just like you're really scared jill you know suddenly being laid off and um and I immediately began going over some of this material with her. And by the end of the call, she said to me, "Oh, I feel so. I feel better. I feel more empowered." And that's what we want. We want to feel empowered when we're going through a difficult situation. So the first thing to ask yourself is, "Who can I turn to for support? Like who comforts you, makes you feel safe, um, is able to really uh, listen to you, is able to allow you to have your feelings?" It's really important that we be able to um, debrief with somebody, to vent with somebody, to express how we feel, without being interrupted with their advice, their thoughts, their own concern for us, especially you know if you're dealing with a health crisis, for example, and you're sharing that with loved ones, they're having their own reaction to it, right? So all of us, a lot of us, hopefully, all of us, have somebody in our life who's pretty level-headed, maybe even unflappable, and can listen without sort of stirring up drama or without telling you what you need to do. That's not what we need when we're in a difficult situation. So you want to ask yourself, who can I turn to for support? And have those people in mind ahead of time. It it might be one person, it might be three people. Um, But the second question to ask yourself is, who do I need to avoid? Now, this is also important because you want to pay attention to who are the people that add to your anxiety level, you know, who may, might overwhelm you with questions or, as I said, have a tough time just listening. Um, it might be that you don't even tell those people what's going on until you get over the initial hump of shock and fear and overwhelm and you're able to kind of put some stability in place. There is nothing wrong with keeping any kind of a crisis or challenge or scary situation to yourself or sharing it with just a few people, um, there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually really good self-care. As a matter of fact, at the end of the retreats that I lead, I always say to people that are at the retreats, listen, when you leave here, it's perfectly okay to go home and tell your loved ones, I love you. I look forward to telling you about what the weekend was like, but I'm not ready yet. I need to Digest what happened. I need to really kind of integrate what happened. And when I feel ready to speak about it, I'll let you know. So it's the same thing with a crisis. Um, You don't have to tell anybody, or if you do have to tell somebody for whatever reason, you know, for example, if you need to tell your spouse um, because obviously he or she is involved in your finances and your personal life, it's okay to say to them, Listen, can we not talk about this until I kind of get my head on straight about it? give me a few days to just, you know, get some support and, you know, wrap my head around what's going on. And then we can sit down and actually have a conversation, you know, just entertain that as um, a method of practicing good self-care. The other thing, the next thing is to think about is what does my body need to feel nurtured, strong, resilient, healthy? You know, a lot of times when we're overwhelmed emotionally We're so focused on our feelings or our thinking that we forget we have a body. As much as we talk about the mind-body connection, which is what I think influences what happens in my physical body, what also happens in your body influences how you think. For example, if you're really tired, it's hard to think clearly, right? If you're feeling anxious, it's hard to feel confident and powerful, right? So um, these, these are these are some of the physical symptoms that can make you feel less empowered. And so I think it's really important to look at how you can take care of your body. You know, can I, I don't know, you know, have more green drinks? Can I get out and walk? Like Jill, it would be really great for you. Maybe you could find a friend that you could kind of debrief with or vent with and go out for a walk and debrief with that person while you're walking. Like, Whatever you can do to make your body feel strong, because when our bodies are strong, we feel stronger. We feel more empowered. So that's important as well. Um, The other thing to think about is what commitments or responsibilities do I need to let go of to make the space for whatever it is I need for, for for tending to my life at this time. A really good example of this is if you are faced with a health crisis, for example, a scary diagnosis. One of the gifts of a scary diagnosis or waiting for test results is we get crystal clear about what really matters to us, don't we? Like our priorities. All of a sudden you realize these people are important to me, this particular thing is important to me and I could care less about these other three things that were so important before this happened. That's the kind of information we want to stay conscious of. That's the the gold in the darkness that we want to take with us as we move forward in our lives so that we remember what really matters and um, in a situation like a health diagnosis or a situation where you lose your job Jill and you're scared about money or um, or just your future and what's going to happen uh, it's important to give yourself space it's just like uh, with loss you know when I lost um, when Michael and I lost our cat, Poupon, and I was devastated, I immediately canceled several things because I knew I needed to create enough space around me to have the feelings that um, I was, to, to, to let the tears flow when they wanted to flow or to be able to pick up the phone and talk to somebody when I was feeling really overwrought by grief. So um, you want to create some space in your life, Jill, to be able to process this experience, and then eventually also to be able to in- embark on a job search. Um, by the way, as a separate aside, I want to say to you, uh, if you're being laid off, if your division or your company is being downsized, um, it's really a good idea to get some uh, coaching or guidance too around things like severance, job search, help. You know, if you've been with the company a long time, that they might be willing to provide you with Um, Outplacement services, which are services that help you to find your next job, for example. So you want to investigate that as well. Human Resources would be able to give you some information on that. Um, Another thing to consider is what unhelpful coping strategies or activities do I need to avoid? You want to avoid over-drinking, drug use, um, any kind of addictive behavior. It's one thing to engage in activities that kind of give your, your worried mind a rest and I'll talk about that in a minute. But we don't want to engage in destructive behaviors in any kind of an addictive way to avoid whatever it is we're feeling as a result of the crisis that we're facing. So it's helpful to think ahead of time about the, about the, um, you know, the unhealthy coping strategies that you might be tempted to engage in that could get you into trouble. going to take a drink. Um, And then this addresses, Jill, your question about how do I get calm? How do I have faith? Um, When we're faced with a crisis, we want to look at what are the spiritual practices that we engage in that can restore our faith or comfort us in some way that connects us to a higher self, to God, to a higher power, to the Creator, however you define a presence bigger than you. And I've done that in a number of ways. I've been in in situations in my life where I've been really, um, just really upset about something, and I've I've been traveling, and I'll go into a church and just sit quietly in a church, whether you know any church doesn't matter what denomination it is. um, Just sitting quietly in a sacred space can be helpful. Reading spiritual books and literature can be helpful. I know that um, Emmett Fox's book uh, Power Through Constructive Thinking or Power Through Constructive Thought was a book that I used in my late 20s, early 30s when I was going through a really difficult time. Um, And that book, I felt like it just carried me through a year of, um, of, I look back now and it was like a growth spurt, but it was a really challenging time for me. So um what kind of spiritual practices, lighting candles, rituals? this friend of mine I was speaking with earlier today has some very strong spiritual practices that she uses in her daily life, and she's kind of raising the bar on using them to help her feel connected. Um, presence, you know, believe it or not, stopping, being quiet, lighting a candle, having reverence for the moment simple things like that can really bring a feeling of uh, calm and sort of spiritual essence to the, um, to, to the body, to your mind and your body. The spirit is a really powerful force. It needs presence and silence a lot of times. Um, and so being out in nature, I know for me, even looking out the window, Sometimes I'll just sit and stare at my bird feeder and watch the birds or the squirrels come. And it connects me to something bigger than myself. Nature really does that for me. Uh, And I often find, Jill, that when I'm out in nature, when I'm feeling scared and I go out into nature, something will happen. A red cardinal will appear. A heron, a great blue heron will show up in my backyard. A hawk will fly over. The other day I was driving home and I was upset about something. I don't even remember what it was. And three geese flew overhead. And I just thought, I don't know, there's something about that that reminds me. I'm a human being on this spinning ball in the air and um, sometimes the things that feel so tragic and so devastating aren't aren't really all that tragic and devastating. And then what do I need to feel comforted at this time? What are some of the things that comfort you? I know for me, heating pads do it. Um, Going to bed early is comforting to me. Reading a good book I just finished, finally finished. I was savoring Cy Montgomery's book, um, How to Become a Good Creature. I mentioned that book uh, over Christmas as a wonderful gift for loved ones who love animals. It's a beautiful book. So reading a good book is comforting to me. Um, Getting a hug from Michael. Is comforting to me. Sometimes, you know, I'll just go to him and I'll say, "I just need you to just, just hug me. That's all I need." And I feel comforted and safe. Um, and um, our massage therapist, Ali, who is just a love, has the best hug in the world. And um, when she was here after Poupon died, her hugs felt like they literally infused me with this healing love. So sometimes a hug is a good thing. All the time. A hug is a good thing, right? Um, And then, so just one last example. What do I need to do to take a break from the emotional stress? This is really important. Um, There's other examples in the book but I'm just touching on a few of them. What do I need to do to take a break from the emotional stress is a really important question because it's so easy to obsessively worry about things and um, we need a break from that. So sometimes really good TV series, like I know Victoria has just started up, and I love, I love period tele, you know, period movies and television. And so um, I will watch. I've been watching Victoria. I've been watching, as I think everybody else on the planet has been watching, um, the Tidying Show on Netflix. If you haven't seen it with Marie um, Kondo, I think it's Kondo. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, what I love most about what she's doing is the presence that she brings to the home, the sacredness of the home and the sacredness of the experience of um, of uh, you know making a home a a place that sparks joy, as she says um, so sometimes the best way to calm your worried mind is to just go to a comedy show or watch, um, you know, go on Netflix. There's plenty of comedians on Netflix or watch things you don't typically watch or read a good book. As I said before, that can be a great way to distract yourself. Healthy distractions, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, A hot bath and a glass of wine, nothing wrong with that at all. As long as it's not doesn't turn into five glasses of wine, (laughs) then it's a problem. So Jill, I promise you that if you take on this job loss as the next divine assignment that is here to bring you to a whole new level of satisfaction and meaning and fulfillment in your life, you will visit me again a year from now and say this job loss was the best thing that ever happened to you. Um, I'm also going to, um, Terry, if you could make a note, uh, Jessica Sweet, I think it's wishingwell.com. I've mentioned her before. She's a wonderful career coach and Jill will post a link to her website. She's written a lot of great blogs about job search and um, I think that would be a very good resource for you too. So there you have it, self-care in a crisis. The questions that I talked about in relation to Jill can be used by any of you to support you as you go through a difficult time. We don't want to suffer in silence. We don't want to suffer alone. You don't want to suffer period, if you don't have to. I mean suffering's a natural part of life, but you don't have to stay stuck there. You actually can help move yourself forward by um, getting the support that you deserve. Okay? All right, so um, I am going to now take your questions. So this is a time for you to go ahead and post your questions. Feel free to post them a couple of times um, in case I don't get to them because as I said, this sort of this um, uh, Facebook scrolls through the comments really quickly. So let's see. Uh, Adrian says, Cheryl, what can my husband and I gain as a couple from your retreat? Well, the next retreat, Adrian, in April, that's a really good question for that one. Russ Hudson, the um, really the world's leading expert on the Enneagram, which is a, a personality profiling system, but it really captures the kind of spiritual essence of who we are. Um, one of the things that Russ and I will be doing during the retreat is talking about how understanding your unique makeup, your unique identity um, based on the nine different types of the Enneagram, uh, how it interacts with other types. Um, I will tell you that when Michael and I found the Enneagram many years ago and understood our own individual types and And what that meant in terms of our needs and our blocks and um, the ways that we, uh, just the ways that we behaved in the world, it took our marriage to a whole other level because I understood things about Michael. Some of the things that used to drive me nuts about him um, completely changed as a result of learning about the Enneagram and learning about my type and his type. And you know, One of the main focuses of this next retreat in April is really about the longing we all have for deeper connections to one another and how we get in the way of that and how, how becoming aware of the unique ways that we block ourselves from the love and the connection that we want, how becoming aware of it is the first step in changing it. So if you want to take your relationship to a deeper level, if you want to understand each other better along with understanding yourselves, um, and if you want to multiply your level of compassion and empathy for each other by a thousand, then I would say the retreats for you. Okay, let's see what other questions. I hope that's helpful, Adrienne. So remember to post your questions a couple of time, a um, couple of times in case I don't get to it. Uh, okay, this is where I'm. I'm just trying to read through. Yes, meditation can restore a sense of faith without a doubt. Uh, And breathing, deep breathing, yes. Whoops, it's a little bug here. Um, Okay, so I'm just scrolling through to get to your questions. Um, I love that. Janice says, Hi Cheryl, I've read all your books and loved them. Thank you, Janice. Um, I saw a pelican today when I went to the grocery store. I've never seen one in Youngsville, Louisiana. See, that's like a little sign from nature. I would look up the symbolism of pelicans, see if you can find one. Find the symbolism. Symbolism. Oh, here we go. Someone's, is this Janice? Somebody did that. To see a pelican represents nurture and sacrifice and charity. It indicates your selflessness and how to put How you put others first before yourself. You're always caring for others. Thank you, Diane. That was so sweet for you to look up the um, meaning of that um, for her. That's really beautiful. That's the other thing I want to say about this community. You know, I go back and read the comments throughout the next day. It is so wonderful the way people support each other in this community, offer advice, offer to connect with each other, um, offer to talk to one another when you're going through similar things. And I just think that's so beautiful. I really, I appreciate that a lot. Um, Let's see. Um, Kristen says, I'm having a crisis of faith. How do I reconcile my religious faith with the spiritual discoveries I'm having with concepts like the law of attraction and manifesting? That's a big question, Kristen. And you know the very first thing that comes to mind for me is to keep an open mind and to trust that um, uh, where you're meant to go and what you're meant to open to in terms of your own beliefs and your own understanding of a power greater than yourself will um, will reveal itself to you as you keep an open mind. Notice the part of you that wants to um, judge yourself for exploring other Methods I mean, or other concepts, as you say here, um, you know the law of attraction i mean that 's like a loaded phrase um, and it's it 's now been so used and overused, I think, but it 's really about the the innate power we have with our thinking to influence our physical reality um it 's not think a tomato manifest a tomato. Um, I think eventually it could be that, but I think as human beings here on planet Earth, it's a really good thing that we can't manifest that quickly or else we'd all be in big trouble, right? Think about the negative thoughts you have or the hateful thoughts or the angry thoughts. Imagine those manifesting something that you're thinking instantly. That wouldn't be such a good thing, right? I hate you. I wish you were dead. Boom. That would not be a good thing. Um, So if you, I guess I just want to say, be open-minded. I think being open-minded is a really great self-care gift that we give to ourselves. It's a real gift that we give to ourselves when we allow ourselves to learn and grow and, um, and uh, just take in new information and new experiences. Allow them to think of it as them sort of just washing through you and what's meant to stay will. Remember God, the universe, the creator is love. Love is the most Powerful force of all, and um, there's nothing wrong you know to be open minded to be generous with yourself to be um, to allow yourself to grow and evolve and entertain new ideas and new beliefs and new perspectives is a profound act of love that's all you need to remember okay let's see. Are you writing any new books, not right now <laughs> I suppose I always am in the background, but um, I'm not working on one. As a matter of fact, the paperback of Waking Up in Winter is coming out in six days and I'm focused on that right now. So um, that'll be available I think January 29th or 30th, something like that. Um, okay, let's see. I love it. Susan says, do you see a move for, for me or a job? I'm not a psychic. <laughs> um, but I see a wonderful move for you and a beautiful job. <laughs> How's that? Let's see. Um, okay. Uh, so Diane says, I would love to do sports coaching and use my mediumship and medical intuitive skills. How do I jump from the woo-woo to, the, to be more professional or corporate as appropriate. Is it appropriate to send a report as an example? I don't understand that part, Diane. Um, you know, I would worry less about the language that you use to describe what you do in terms of mediumship or medical intuition or any of that. I have a very vast toolbox as a coach and I pull out all kinds of tools depending on who I'm speaking with. So for example, during the retreats sometimes I'll do tapping therapies with somebody that I'm working with and I'll have the whole audience do it with us. Or Sometimes I'll use the Enneagram as a tool. Sometimes I'll use um, guided imagery as a tool or I have a different process that I use for helping people to uncover unconscious material that's keeping them stuck. So there's a lot of different and I use intuition all the time because I've been doing this a long time and I've got a well-honed, a lot of experience and well-honed intuition. But I never, I never worry about saying whatever those tools are. I just Use them when it 's appropriate, so i don't know what the interest in sports coaching is i mean if you 're talking about coaching sports sports teams i don 't quite understand that, but I would say you know whatever kind of coaching you want to do, just bring the experience you have with you um, you don't have to say you're a medium you don't have to say you use medical intuition you can just um use the, you know, use whatever intuitive insights come to you when appropriate and when given permission to do so in whatever coaching, excuse me, it is that you do. All right. I hope that's helpful. Um, Let's see. Um, So Chris says, what suggestion would you have for me and others like me as I branch into intuitive work while still working full time? Every time I get some gumption, it is short-lived. Every time I get some gumption, does that mean every time I start to kind of make that move, I back down or I don't follow through? I'm not sure what that means, Chris, but um, every, I, I say this all the time on Facebook Live. Most very successful companies were built on the backs of people who started out part time while they were um, working full time. So it's absolutely normal to do that. And um, it's how it's what I did in the beginning, too. I had to I had to work full time in order to pay the bills while I was building my coaching practice on the side. So I wonder things like, is this really is the intuitive work what you really want to do? Do you have enough belief in yourself? Um, do you need to practice more? Maybe doing it for free on the side so that you build a, you know, you you build a following of people that have really benefited from your work that you can then build your business on. Um, is it just a matter of discipline that you know, two nights a week I'm going to focus on my intuitive work. I'm going to try and keep it the same two nights every week, and I'm going to make that commitment. And um, and you know, give it six months or give it a year, like you know, put some kind of time frame on it, and then have it be less about whether or not the intuitive work is successful and more about building your discipline muscles, which is something everybody needs to do without a doubt. You have to build your ability to be disciplined if you want to be successful in anything. So, okay, I hope that's helpful, Chris. Um, Christine says, My father-in-law is in hospice now for a week. My heart is breaking all over again watching my husband and in-laws going through this. My mom died in August, and I'm struggling with grief too. How can I be there for them while practicing self-care? So, Christine, this is—you know—this is the kind of life challenge that I'm talking about. So, do me a favor and go back and listen to this Facebook Live. You know, listen to the first 20 minutes or so and make some notes, or pick up a copy of *The Art of Extreme Self-Care*. And um, this is what it looks like. If you could see that, yeah, the art of extreme self-care. Pick up a copy of that and um, check out. Go right to the last chapter and answer those questions and create yourself um, an extreme self-care first aid kit. It is heartbreaking, honey. It's just heartbreaking when we lose. It's hard enough to be going through your own grief. I mean, there's several things that happen. You go through your own grief about your mom. You grieve for your husband and his family and your father-in-law. And then we also are contending with what does it mean to be at times in our lives where we're losing people? Michael and I talk about this a lot because we've you know we've lost some people, um, or we've had people close to us dealing with crises. and it's kind of like, you know, the time of life. I mean, this is sort of the time that we're in. So um, I think it's really important, Christine, that you take consistent time to yourself, Make sure you've got some people that you can reach out to for support outside of the family system, and you can even let them know ahead of time. Here's what we're going through. It's really hard. Could you be on call for me? Like, would you be able to be there for me? You know, I loved it um, today when I was talking to this friend of mine who's going through a health crisis. In some ways, she's so much. And and by the way, Adrienne, this goes back to the whole enneagram thing because I know her enneagram type. She knows mine. And she's such a teacher for me because as she's been going through this difficult time, she has no problem saying to people, I don't want to do tough stuff alone. I I want you with me. I I need help. Like she has no problem at all saying that. It's not an easy thing for a lot of people, especially women. So Christine, going to some of your friends or people outside of the family systems and saying, you know, could you be a safe place for me to bring the grief about my mom? So that I I feel like I'm, you know, uh, revitalized in such a way. Is that a word? You know, just renewed in some way. There's another word I'm trying to think of. But so that I get the energy I need to be able to support my husband and his family. Um, I think that's really important, taking time consistently to yourself. And um, I'm going to put you in my prayer book. Hold on while I grab grab a pen. I had a pen here somewhere. There we go. Okay. I'm going to, um, Christine, put you and your family in my prayer book. Um, and um, my little red prayer book that I use all the time. You all hear me talk about it. You're in there, sweetheart. And I'm, um, you know, I'm always always, I keep this book around me in my office and I'm always like putting good vibes into this book. So I hope that it helps. And um, I will absolutely keep you in my thoughts and prayers, you and your family. Um, Okay, let's see. Um, Oh, Carmen says, my brother Alex made his transition and I would appreciate it if he would visit me in my dreams. Um, What can I do to encourage him to visit? Um, that's a great question, Carmen. You know, as somebody who's done dream work over the years, and I'm currently, over the last year, have been actively doing dream work with a um, a Jungian therapist. Um, I love dreams. I love dreaming. I think they're incredibly healing and powerful. When Poupon died, uh, two days after he died, he came to me in a dream, and it made all the difference in the world. And I, I don't think I did anything to, to um, inspire that to happen, Carmen. It just... I think I was just in so much pain that his energy knew it and came to visit me. Um, I think that what, one of the things you can do is, you know, put a, put a journal by your bed or a pad of paper and a pen. Always keep it there. I always do. All of us dream. It's just that many of us don't remember our dreams, but we're always dreaming. And if you're really, really tired um, or if you wake up frequently uh, off and on during the night, it can be difficult to remember your dreams, but we all dream. And so when you go to bed at night, Carmen, you can just, you know, as you're drifting off to sleep, talk to Alex. Just talk to him. Let him know I love you. I miss you. I would love for you to visit me. I trust that you'll visit me at the right time and in the right way. Um, I'm holding you in my heart and I'm holding you in my thoughts and I'm inviting you to visit me. I'm inviting you to visit me in the night, in my dreams. And um, just make that a little practice every single night. And um, before you know it, he'll probably come and visit you. And also, um, you know, think about—you can decide. You know, a lot of times um, we forget that we can. Uh, you know, as human beings here on planet Earth, we can decide that we are going to um, choose a sign that will represent the loved one we've lost. And. Um, you could just choose that sign and then invite Alex to adopt that sign and to um, use it to communicate with you in waking life, which is just another form of a dream, by the way. So um, you can pick something. It could be anything, a butterfly, a bird. It could be um, a word or a phrase, a song, a person, like whatever. But you could just pick a sign and say, you know, say to Alex, you know what, Alex, I've decided that when I see, you know, a blue jay, it's going to be you. So I invite you to take that form and visit me. And I'll know it's you when you visit. And um, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised at what happens. And I look forward to hearing what happens too, for sure. Um, okay, let's see. I know we're getting late. I'm just going to do one more question and then we'll move on. Um, um, let's see. Yeah, Joel mentions um, a course in miracles is also a beautiful, um, a beautiful uh, can be a beautiful resource for faith, for inspiring faith. Um, let's see. Yeah, see, I already see you all talking to each other, and I love that. Please keep doing that, and you know, um, please uh, go back and read through the comments. Those of you that have posted questions or. Um, are talking about difficult things that you're going through, please go ahead and read back through because there's people talking to you and you might not know it. Kathy says, um, I can't wait to meet you at Circles of Wisdom. Kathy, thank you for mentioning that. So there's um, Circle, Circles of Wisdom is this beautiful place. It's a bookstore and a crystal shop and just a really lovely shop in Methuen, Massachusetts. And I've just um, decided to do a one-day workshop on the uh, magic of midlife at Circles of Wisdom. You'll see it up on my website uh, under the schedule page. It should be there. Uh, If not today, it'll be there tomorrow and you can get all the details. Um, Terry, if it is up, maybe you could put a link as well. Um, But yes, Kathy, I look forward to meeting you too there. That'll be fun. We'll have a good time. Um, Okay, let's see. Yeah, good, good, good. Um, Diane wants to know: Will the art of extreme self-care be released in hardcover again? That's a really good question. You know what, Diana uh, or Diane? Um, I don't suspect it will be, but here's here's something: I have a few of the hardcovers left. And if you send an email, so I'm just going to do this for you, Diane, because I, I'm not parting with them because I only because I, I loved that hardcover. But if you send an email to Lisa at Cheryl Richardson.com Lisa will get to me and I will send you a hardcover, especially from me with a little note. How about that? Wouldn't that be fun? Okay, so Lisa at Cheryl Diane. Um, you can just email her tonight when we finish. Um, okay. And hi, Isabel from Portugal. Um, she says, um, I discovered recently um, that my asthma is related to emotions. Since then, I've stopped medicines and I'm doing my best to solve the problem. Do you have any advice? Yes. Isabel, I would encourage you to go to the app store on your smartphone and and, um, download the Tapping Solution app and look for an app on dealing with asthma because it might be there. But if not, anxiety. Um, The Tapping Solution app is awesome. I would encourage it for anybody. You can actually watch videos of people tapping. They've got they'll show you the points to tap on, the language that you need to use. It's a really, really great tool, Isabel, and I think it could be very, very helpful um, because, <clears throat> excuse me, you want to be able to break the link between certain thinking neural pathways. So. Th- um, habitual ways of thinking create neural pathways in the brain. So they're like grooves in a record. And we want to break up some of those grooves and break up those neural pathways and create new ones. So when we've been afraid of something like having an asthma attack, for example, or if anxiety triggers asthma, for example, there are ways that we think that create neural pathways in the brain that then flood the body with certain chemicals That then have the body react the way that it did. And we want to interrupt that pattern. And the tapping therapies are a really powerful and and quite frankly simple way to interrupt that process. So that's what I would recommend to you. And Terry, we can put the the TappingSolution.com website. Um, Go back and look at the resources, Isabel, when we're done here. Give me a few minutes to post them and um, you'll see, you'll be able to find it right there. Uh, and you can download the app, which would be awesome. Okay. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for your um, your your presence. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your questions and your comments. I'll go back and read through them. Sometimes I um, sometimes I respond if I have a chance. I, I don't always have a chance to do that, but I'll I'll do my best. Um, I hope this has been helpful. I hope that you all will go back. Um, and again uh make yourself an extreme self-care first aid kit by answering the questions that we that I talked about in the very beginning it will really really help you during um a time of need and you don't want to have to think about it when you're blindsided by something you want to think about it ahead of time so i even recommend that people answer the questions create a first aid kit and then um laminate it and put it like put it someplace where you put other important papers so that you'd know where to find it when you need it all right Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for being with me. I so appreciate that you are. I really do. I hope that something I've said has helped you in some way, will help to bring some healing to your life. And um, I'll look forward to speaking with you again next week, okay? All right. Lots of love, everybody. Bye.